That's the lamest move ever because you set yourself up for them like, no, I don't care. Beat it. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your Rams weekly podcast that gives you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from my fancy living room in Los Angeles, California. I hope everyone's staying safe, staying healthy. The Rams continue to work remotely, and the NFL draft is Thursday. So that means General Manager Les Snead is a busy man, and we want to keep everyone up to date what's going on around the team. To help me with that, I invited a friend a former NFL cornerback. He's one of the smartest guys I know. And not just because he has a Harvard business degree or was the former president of the NFLPA, forget that, but more because he's insightful. He has an awesome name. He's one of my favorite writers at the Undefeated. You can catch him all over ESPN. He's a recovering pro athlete and superficial <laughs> intellectual. His words, not mine. Dominique Foxworth is in the house. Oh, man, that was a hell of an introduction. I have to listen back to some other ones and make sure you don't give everybody such a good, a glowing introduction. Just I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going right. to be disappointed when I listen back and you're like, Mina Kimes, the smartest person I know. No, she's not smart. <laughs> she's, she's actually up there, man. Um, I know. Dominique Foxworth is one of like, that's, like, that's the craziest name you could like give a child. Like, yeah, I you mean, be a I, sir already. I think um, my mom named me not after Dominique Wilkins necessarily, but she liked the name Dominique, so that's how I got that. I don't have a middle name, so she said my first name was was long enough. But uh, I, I wish I were a sir. I was born in the UK on an American military base. I mean, you might as well have sir. Should be sir Dominique <laughs> Foxworth. This is the power name right here. Um, I appreciate it. All right, so let's get to it. We're heading into the draft. The Rams have seven draft picks, two in the second round. Now, there were some departures. On offense, we lost Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley. On defense, some significant guys like Dante Fowler, Corey Littleton. You, I'm just getting into your head here. Where is the urgency to fill gaps on this team in the draft? I mean, I'm interested in asking you a question first. So you said you lost Cooks and Gurley. Yeah. Is that how you guys in Rams Nation actually feel? Because I don't feel like the rest of the country views it as like as either <laughs> of those players as actual losses. I mean, no disrespect. I interviewed Todd Gurley at the Super Bowl. You gave me some good insight. He was a cool guy, really nice. Thanks for uh, hooking me up. But gotcha. he he does not strike me as an integral part to the offense anymore. And Brandon Cooks, like all the head injury stuff, like I feel like most people – view that. I know there's a lot of things that people are critical of the Rams front office for doing, but those couple things don't seem like things that people uh, are disappointed by. Yeah, I mean, well, you're the outsider and I'm the insider here. But yeah, for, for, us, for us, they're family, so it's like, it's hard to see, you know, okay. guys that you spent time with the whole year with or multiple years, see see them just going a different direction. I like those guys. Yeah, you're, well, they, like they have the Ramley, if, if you will. Yeah. Now um, I feel like a, a jaded media personality. Yeah, what? I thought, what it's you like were, to I thought be. you played football. Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. I feel bad. I've been doing this for too long. I just, <laughs> He's just, on the media side, guys. Yeah. <laughs> just replace those cogs like they're nothing, like we don't care about. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I apologize, Todd Gurley and Brandon Cook. 
Oh, you're like, you don't need them. You'll be fine. Eat your spinach. Eat some good vitamins. Um, I will say, no, they were valuable to have on the team. Obviously, we went to the Super Bowl with both of those guys in the locker room. But, I mean, is there an urgent I, – I, I throw it both out. I mean, you're a former defensive right. player. You're a cornerback. Yeah. But do you see, okay, we've got to fill – like, we have Josh Reynolds, who's uh, one of our wide receivers, filled in a ton stepped up big time for Brandon Cooks when he was out um, a couple under when Cooper Cup was out stepped up big time um, yeah. he's someone that can certainly fill in the gap there if you're looking for a three wide out situation to run 11 personnel but you know on defense Corey Littleton was like the right. dog and that's, Dante that's Fowler really up. stepped up yeah so are yeah, we like little... looking for an edge a linebacker I, I mean, I, my guess would be Edge. And again, you guys are closer there than me, but from an outsider's perspective, my guess is that um, you'd be looking to replace Littleton because he became such an impact player. Uh, I think linebacker in general is a position that, or inside linebacker is a position that is not highly valued. Um, a lot of modern teams feel like you can work around that. It's more important to have a rusher in corners. You guys certainly have uh, at least one good corner, maybe the best corner in the league. So that's nice to build around. The offensive side of the line, it feels like, um, you certainly want to replace some of the players that are gone. But again, the running back position is another one of those positions that people think of, like inside linebacker, where you shouldn't invest a lot in that position and you can address that with uh, with a group of players. But offensive line is the spot where I would be most concerned, mm-hmm. considering that Whitworth is, uh, I mean, he's getting up there in age and is still productive, but that would make me nervous. And so He's I, older I mean, than me. Things. He's older than Coach. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 not old, but well, he's older I mean, than me. <laughs> that is, that's fair. I guess I guess you're a little too old to be a left tackle right now, but he's pulling it off. Right, he's doing a fine job. Yeah, O line certainly could be something. Um, to follow up on that, I remember your interview with Todd Gurley, and um, had, Todd had actually brought up an interesting situation where he was talking about the running back and how that, like, the running back is no longer this guy who you think of like as a bulldozer running through I mean it's manifested to sort of an overall hybrid and we've used this word a lot with the Todd Gurley Daryl Henderson who was drafted uh last year um is also looked at as a hybrid like you got to catch the ball you got to run you got to block I mean Sean McVay is sort of that coach who's going to make every person on offense do everything like outside of Andrew Whitworth I would not be surprised if anyone runs the ball (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's uh i mean i think that's an interesting thing because you are supposed to kind of draft around your needs and and draft to fill in holes but when you have someone who's respected like mcveigh on the opposite side of the ball i think kyle shanahan's other guys you think of like that maybe that's the side of the ball that you can neglect because you expect their expertise to carry and to get you to outperform especially since you no longer have Wade Phillips, maybe some more talent could be uh, needed on the other side of the ball. And I know that last year the offense wasn't as good as people expected it to be, but uh, I guess I'm from an optimistic perspective, last year was the aberration and mm-hmm. that uh, everything will come back into place and you'll be able to produce. And I know it seems as if, if there's one key to the offense that no one really thought it was, a year ago, it's like Cooper Cup, right? That's yeah. the guy that seems to be the difference maker in that offense. So you still have him and you still have McVay. Uh, and there are, ske- there are ways to scheme around having some holes in your offensive line and not having maybe the best playmakers. 
I'm just throwing that out there as a theory. I don't know that I, as, as a player, I feel like you're always better off having better players than relying on coaches to outsmart other coaches from week to week because that's hard to do because everyone is pretty smart and they work pretty hard. But it's just something that I've been kind of bouncing around in my head. It's like when you build a team, is that the one, is there another way to build a team? For sure. And it'll be interesting because Sean, when he was with the Redskins too, I remember um, he was more, he relied more heavily on his tight ends, but that's what he had comes to right. the Rams. We get Brandon Cooks in, runs an 11 personnel, relies heavily because there are three amazing wide receivers. So it could just be like, hey, I have potatoes today. I've got some potatoes. I got some, you know, some chicken broth. I'll make a soup. We're making soup today. You know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great analogy. I'm sure we all are experiencing that right now. Where you oh, yeah. Like, you look in the pantry and you're like, hey, we got some ketchup. We got some crackers. We got some beans and some leftover hot dogs. But to make ourselves a delicious stew out of the, out of these ingredients. Catch up the crackers to stick my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, considering that this is the first time the draft will be virtual, what are your thoughts? Just will what will be missed from players? Like, what do you remember about your draft? You were a third round pick, oh, so that was an right. experience. But you weren't in. You weren't at no. the facility for like where it was held. No, no, no. That's only for the good players. I was, I was, I was home waiting by the phone. So I think that it'll be the same experience for most guys because most guys don't get to go to, uh, it used to be in New York. Now they move it all around, but most guys right. don't get to go there. I do think that it kind of sucks for the guys because you do dream about that moment, even though mm-hmm. I didn't go to New York and I didn't walk across the stage up until I went in the third round. Like in my mind, that was the dream and like some guys who were who performed well enough to get that fulfilled like it sucks for them to be at home but maybe they can make an experience special and different but I think there has to be something about walking across that stage in that moment having everyone cheer for you in the eyes of the world on you and shaking the commissioner's hands or or dapping them up or yeah. giving them one of those air bumps like we saw a couple <laughs> years ago all those moments are, are uh, pretty special and it sucks for those guys not to have them I know, like, their suit, the suit game, yeah. like, that's a yeah. big deal. Like, the shoe, we, I mean, we judge. We want to know, you know what, he's not going to make it with that suit. That's a poor <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I I was all the way out on Kyler Murray when I saw that, that tongue pink suit. But he had, I was wrong. <laughs> I, I, I looked at him, and I was like, this is clearly someone with, with bad judgment, so I can't trust him to make good decisions on the field because he put on this pink suit and walked outside and was like, hmm. I'm killing him today, but he, he actually is a very good football player. So maybe we shouldn't judge their suit taste as how they're going to be as player. Maybe we need to question your suit taste. Really... <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, no, no. You, you just like, hyped you me like up. It. You liked it. You like that I... pink suit? I mean, there were better ones. I just, <laughs> it wasn't my favorite, you know, I like a clean, you know, like, you know, Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, like, just keep the white collar. I mean, these guys are just like, how much color can I possibly put and infuse in your eyeball? And I'm like, ah. I, I, I appreciate someone taking a risk. So I think Lamar had the green tuxedo. I and look, he's a risk correct. taker on the field. Yeah, it clearly translates. And Kyle like Murray, it. same thing. I'm throwing, I'm throwing I'm out all the ball. I'm throwing out all of these pages of draft analysis, and I'm just going on suits. 
But maybe that's the way to go. I mean, like, think about March Madness brackets. They're like, you're more likely to give it to somebody who doesn't watch a single game and just picks based off the mascot or the uniform. They're going to do better than people who spend hours studying this. Always wins. Always wins. I'm going to have a hard time assessing these players this year because, like, cornerback pops up in that boring suit. I was like, "Mm -mm, not going to work out. Kyler Murray faked out a DB. Look at that. Just before he even got in the league. There we go. Busted. Um, <laughs> as, as a former NFLPA president, like, give me the biggest, like, okay, guys, if you were a mentor to these men, what, if anything, can you say to the young rookies coming in who are going to experience a completely different OTAs, training camp, and probably the season? Like, what do you tell these guys? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it's nothing to tell them. We've never experienced this before. Like, in some ways, this is easier. And in some ways, I think I would tell them, like, this is an opportunity because most of the guys and like most people, I don't mean to just like generalize football players, but most people need somebody to hold their hand and they need them to tell them what to do. And they need them to say, this is what you do today. This is an opportunity because a lot of players and a lot of people would be like lost and are lost in this situation and don't have much guidance. So this is an opportunity where if you can be focused, you can get the right thing in front of you. You have an opportunity to be ahead of everybody else when you get into camp. That's what I would tell them. I'm not sure if that would help any of them. But in, and other than that, the, the thing that I always struggle with when new guys will come in the league is getting them to understand that there is value in the union because, again, we all dream about getting to the NFL. No one dreams about being a part of the NFLPA. However, all the things that you benefit from in the NFL, those are all things that were negotiated by the PA and fought for by the PA. Like free agency, the reason why you can get caked up today and why you have free agency and all that stuff is because of NFLPA, but no one cares about that. And I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. I didn't know much about the NFLPA until I got in the league. I didn't like dream, like I can't wait to get that call from Gene Upshaw to say you are now a member of the NFLPA. You were like, ooh, bucket list check off. <laughs> exactly. I got a little card and everything. Oh, you did? You get a card? Yeah, the game. Is well, it like heavy? Is it like one of those? I mean, like... it's, it's like an ID card. They probably don't give them out anymore, but they used to. They now were supposed like to be able to. standing on the phone. It's an app. Yeah. You, we could use it to get like discounts with our partners and stuff. And also, what it ended up getting used for more than anything was just to get you in the clubs and stuff. Oh, I that's good to know. You can still get into clubs with you still using that <laughs> because, card, Dom. <laughs> how 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 embarrassing is that though? Like I never used it. I Me never too. used it. Because <laughs> like I would I would walk like if, when I was in Denver or something when I played there, I would walk up to like the front of the line in the club and like hope that somebody would recognize me. If they didn't recognize me, I wasn't gonna pull a card out my pocket and say, Hey, but I played it. I felt like that's the lamest move ever because you set yourself up for them like, No, I don't care. Beat it. <laughs> it's not as all it cracked up to be. Although it has its perks, and you're uh, the guys that are helping give other people perks. So, oh yeah, it was it was pretty great. I just hung out. I just stayed close to Champ because everyone knew him, and he would make sure that they took care of me. That's the key. Oh, it, does it? Does you think it will help now that they're like Zoom calls or Skype calls or anything for like rookies to like? Hey, I have a question, Coach. Like, maybe, like, or you change your Zoom background to something fancy. Like, maybe that'll help them. That, yeah, that, that one thing that I hadn't considered until just now is how many guys actually get drafted and join a team. Like, the rosters are enormous. 
and then they start making the cuts as you get closer and closer to opening day. So, like, it'll be interesting how they do this because I know some coaches wanted the roster to be even bigger. Or general managers wanted the roster to be even bigger. But how do you cut people if you don't actually get a chance to see them practice yeah. or play or anything? Because all the information that you get from training camp and from OTAs and mini camps like that information is valuable. So it'll be interesting. I think the people who are ready to short in this stick as it normally is, is the guys at the bottom of the depth yeah. chart, the guys who really needed this opportunity to turn some heads and get somebody's attention. They're not going to get those opportunities. So it's unfortunate for them. Or they could get a really good hype reel, like a little editor going, you know what I mean? Like yeah. with the flashes and the DJ in the back, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to work freelance if they need it. <laughs> At Matt Israel. Come see Matt Israel. Um, I have a segment called What Makes Me Happy. Uh, so Samson A become one of our linebackers. He has picked up playing the drums this offseason during the quarantine. And he's also doing yoga. And the two just make me very happy. Um, I don't know if you've seen any other guys pick up a hobby, but... Samson has a drum set, sent me a photo. Because I was like, bro, you need to show me this thing. Like, what is that? And he is playing, song, like he's working on it. Doesn't read the music or anything. So he's got he's got it up here, you know. And he's like he's playing the it. drum. I love it. I love that too. Yeah, you got to have some hobbies or you'll go crazy or you get into some bad stuff. Like, I like that. You got to get some something to um, occupy your mind and get you away from football. That was one of the things that I feel like was important is, you need to get away from it. You can't be in it all the time. You take a step back. You can learn some other things and, and decompress. It's healthy for you. And when this because when any one thing becomes your whole world, it'll drive you crazy. We because Gronk came back recently. We we've dug up some of the videos of him talking about retirement, and I almost completely forgotten when he retired. He was doing like press conferences where he was near tears about how about how onerous being a football player was on his psyche and mind and stuff. And if you're an all-pro feeling that way, can't imagine what it feels like for everybody else. Yeah, it's just I, good to as use as all the other... I did play before. ...brain cells. <laughs> right, as you could imagine. You know a little bit about this. Um, yeah. That's a perfect segue to news from around the NFL because the New England Patriots, I mean the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now <laughs> have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. According yeah. to reports, Gronk is a buck, um, and he wanted to join his buddy, so he came out of retirement. The Rams are facing the Bucks, although that will be in Tampa Bay, I believe. <laughs> so how many puns can I get in this one? What do you think about this whole thing? Because, as you were saying, like, Gronk was like, I don't want, like, football's driving me crazy, but now he's back. Yeah. Is it because it's Tom Brady just, like, that much of a dream boy that, like, just sell bunch and, and all just go wherever Tom goes? He's like the fiddler? Like the Pied I guess. Piper. <laughs> no. I, I I guess. And I mean, I, I think also, what's the opposite of the Pied Piper? Because that's what it feels like Bill Belichick is. Because it, I, I feel like it's more about not wanting to be in New England than it is, or I guess it's equal parts not wanting to be in New England than it is wanting to be um, in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. So, like, I think that is, he wanted to continue to play, but he just didn't want to continue to play there. And I just want to, like, be a fly on the wall for Gronk and Brady's conversation about Belichick because I'm sure they're all happy that they played there. They don't regret it at all. They won a lot. They became Hall of Famers there, but it wore on them both, it seems. Yeah, it seems like you can't like make direct eye contact or something <laughs> with certain people. Like just just keep your fit. You know, don't look over there. You can piss people off. So uh, they're I'm free. not sure that. 
I'm not sure that they're going to be as dominant as everyone thinks they are either. Like, because there's no now you're not under those guidelines. You don't have the faith in Jared Stidham. (laughs) Oh wait, are you talking about the Patriots being dominant or the or Tampa being dominant? No, 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 no. no. I, I, I'm the Patriots are at the start now. Like I don't even feel like we need to discuss the Patriots anymore. Like I don't, I don't think I definitely don't think the Patriots are going to be dominant. But I feel like most people think that the um. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers be dominant now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> like you go. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It might take a, a little while to get because you can't just take a year off football and just walk out. It's not like like uh, Gronk was in peak Gronk point. form. No, he, he was wasn't in party Gronk form. form when he retired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even before he retired, he was like limping around. He didn't look great. Now all of a sudden, he's just going to come back and right. just be Gronk again. Uh huh. I don't know. I don't we'll know see. if he's vegan. That's where you transform. It's like once you go vegan, you don't go back. Um, Ramar Jackson uh, is going to be on the cover of the new Madden. So just break this down to me. Like, is this? Did anyone in the locker room discuss this? Like, as a player, like, yo, dude, I'm sorry, but or is this just an outside media thing where it's like, oh, the, the curse. curse? Oh no, no, no. We all know about it. Everyone <laughs> knew about the curse. Okay. I, I, I'm confused. Like, how much money do they have to pay somebody to, to do that? Like, I, I'm not superstitious at all, but I don't really want to mess around with it. Like, it's a, it would take a lot of money for me to be like, yeah, go ahead, throw me on the cover that thing. Because it, it, it doesn't seem like it works out well for, for the players who go on the cover. And I know that there's no connection between that and what actually happened. But I don't know. If you're making millions of dollars, a couple hundred thousand dollars ain't enough for me to take that risk. It works like, for, it for, with an insurance policy. It worked for Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, true. Mahomes was on the cup, but he got injured. Didn't he, he got injured. He and did get injured. still got Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> well, true. you have to that sound like true. Kermit the Frog. Then I think that's the outline. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is true. He's like, Wah. I love actually. I like Pat Mahomes' voice. It's like unique. We need it. The, the league it needs it. <laughs> the the injury was a result of the cover. So like he he managed to right. overcome it. But he still got injured. I don't know if I want to subject myself to it and, and uh, subject myself to the whims of the Madden curse. It may right. not work out as well for anybody else. Pat Mahomes is the outlier, but he did get injured, right? So add an insurance policy, extra money, and then you'd be like, yeah. oh, we're fine. Don't Madden good. cover sponsored um, by State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but for real, that's actually a joint sponsorship. Um, all right, number one pick. What is the, of course, it's going to happen scenario, and what is the out of nowhere, oh my goodness gracious, draft pick number one? What do you got? Well, I mean, obviously Burrow is the guy that they're going to pick. There's been, like, some nonsense in my mind, speculation that, I guess you can't even call it speculation necessarily, because even Mel Kuyper, who is the the most reputable draft guy, he put Herbert above Tua. And so I guess the crazy out of nowhere thing would be if Herbert jumped even above Joe Burrow to number one. I, I, I can't see that happening. I mean, quarterbacks normally go number one. So if it's not going to be, um, if it's not going to be Burrow, then it's going to be Herbert or Tua. So if either one of those guys go number one, that would be shocking, which I don't know how they could at this point. The only argument against Burrow is a, small sample size. Otherwise, he had the best passing season in the history of college football. So, how, how right. And the college that? championship definitely helped him out. Like, I was like, yeah. okay, you can go number yeah. one. You're good. <laughs> Signed, yeah, he, sealed, delivered. <laughs> the, the playoff game against Oklahoma, where he just 
crazy. Went bananas on them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. There's I really like no other. Kind of, I mean, I feel like the off season gave us enough. Like, oh yeah, Brady I love and the Gronk, and I was like, I'm good. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's going to be a couple yeah, of confident I mean, quarterbacks in Ohio. There we go. That's exactly what I was going to go to. Is like how much I love Joe Burrow's general persona, and I felt the same way about Baker. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't play well, so that makes it harder to digest. But I I love a, a cocky trash talker. Like that's more fun for me. Sure, and for fans also. Um, <laughs> Maddie, it's that time. It's that time already. Feels like we just got yeah. here. It's time for Serena's socially distant social segment. So today we are discussing how to end a phone conversation when you have nowhere to go. <laughs> like, when you're so long and you miss it. Like, you say, sorry, I was showering. I was in, <laughs> in the restroom. But, like, if you are, like, on the phone, Outside of a podcast situation, like okay, I gotta go now. Where do you, what you do you give, say? I don't give any like explanation. I no. just be like, all right, I just be like, all right, I'm gonna go now, or I hit him with this. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna let you go, or I know you got some things to do. What do you know? Uh, yeah, the top the top <laughs> response quiet. on here just says, "I've just been saying, okay, I'm done." Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, that's that. literally what I say. Is I, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go now. But yeah. having, th- having three kids who are always making lots of noise in the background, that's, that comes out. Yeah, that's that? advantage dominate. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, kids, man, boys, you know how it is. You know, and I'm like, no, I don't know. I got nothing to do, so might as well tell me about that. Yeah, I, um, a couple, I've been saying like, oh, I got to go make food now because my stomach's growling. Doesn't matter what Doesn't time it is. Two minutes to go. Right, like, three minutes. Two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, it's, it's meal time for me. I've changed the, all the my hours. Is, the thing is, I feel like the person who you're on the phone with wants to get off too. So it doesn't think. matter what you. It doesn't matter what you say. Just like, all right, I gotta go. They, they're thinking the same way. They're trying to figure out a way to get out of the call too, right? Yeah, right. Or you just hang up. Don't even say bye. Yeah. They're like, oh my god, my phone. It's okay. I gotta go. <laughs> I like that move. Just disappear. Yeah, right. I just, I, I just needed some. Those are actually just for uh, my own personal interest because I've been trying to figure out how to keep avoiding this guy who keeps calling me, <laughs> wanting to me to give him money for him to tell me how to uh, use my money. Is it in a different language, Matt? No. <laughs> oh. Money talks. <laughs> I get some spam calls every day. No, I'm but like, see, like, oh. the problem is it's like a friend. It's not even like a friend of a friend. It's What's just like somebody friend? my friend uses, and he put me down as a recommendation without asking me, so. Doesn't sound like a good friend. Oh, yeah, I was a little upset. Weird. But we digress. Well, I mean, that's, that's how guys. That's how guys' relationships are. Like I, I, I have plenty of friends that have put me in the middle of something without asking me. And yeah, I mean, you just gotta lie. That's the, that's the move. You gotta lie for your guy. I gotta go. I just gotta go. Uh, we'll end with before we gotta go. How do you end a podcast uh, when you with nowhere to go? <laughs> um, say what? So Sean McVay, when he was explaining to the media the other day, his war room look, he was on a uh, Zoom call with everyone. He's got like the whole monitor thing happening. And he said, it looks like I could set off a rocket ship at this thing, man. Very Sean McVay. Um, he's working with like six screens. You know, we get, we get overwhelmed, right? 
the Sean McVay actually set off a rocket ship at this thing with all his monitors. Like, I don't know what happens, but that's what he said. I don't, I mean, I, I appreciate, so people were, <laughs> people were laughing at um how few screens that Dave Gettleman has. Yeah. So he just has like one screen and like a bunch of papers. And like, I joined in on the laugh, but also like, I can't look at six screens at once. How many screens yeah. do you really need? <laughs> That's also right. Like six screens is pretty overwhelming. What do you do with your four other eyes then? (laughs) Oh, Matt. Well, that's that's it. You ended it there. It's a wrap. That's another episode of Rambling. Make sure you hit that subscribe (laughs) button. Uh, We'll be bringing you more episodes throughout this offseason with four eyes or six eyes or whatever. The Rams fans, don't forget, if you want more all things Rams, we've got another official Rams podcast led by J.B. Long called Rams Revealed. Until then, stay safe and healthy, my friends. Dominique, appreciate you. I gotta go take care of these kids. (laughs) 